Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Whitford. Hey! So today, we're going to be talking about Willow, Episode 7, titled... Beyond the Shattered Sea. Beyond the Shattered Sea, the penultimate episode for Willow Season 1 on Disney+. Plus. So, before we dive in here, I'm going to give out the typical reminders. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. You could get us on Twitter, which is at fantasyrewind. Or on Instagram, which is at fantasyrewindpod. All right. So without any farther delay, let's dive into the rewind. Fantasy Rewind. All right, Dylan. Thoughts on the overall episode and go. So my overarching thoughts on this episode are complicated. Because for me, there was a lot in this episode I actually really enjoyed and I really liked. Like, Mm -hmm. Graydon being revealed as a wizard, which we totally called. Um, I really liked some of the cinematography that they did in this episode as well. Mm -hmm. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, the fighting choreography. Fighting choreography was great. I loved seeing Alora actually, like, train for real in, like, battle magic and get Mm -hmm. knocked on her butt by Willow before she, like, got hog wild on him. But all in all, I felt like this episode tried to fit so much into it that it hurt itself by trying to do too much. Like I agree. I personally felt like this felt like the longest episode of the season, but it also, yeah, I was gonna say, but it also was. And I think that it felt so long because there were so many plot points, so many beats that like, yeah, could have been erased like seriously, what was the what was the deal with going to that cabin there? Like, so Kit could rest. Okay, they could have made a stop to grab the sled and kept on going. Like that whole ten to fifteen minutes of that cabin scene could have been eliminated with no consequence. And I think I think there is a connection there, and maybe we just haven't talked through it. So I, why don't we start? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of start this episode off by just kind of talking about how that was sort of interweaving Eric and the girls, girl who were at the Immorial City and uh, Alora Dannon and company, like their stories were kind of going back and forth. Now, we see them pretty almost first thing, like after, you know, they get, they get Kit out of the goo. Yeah, the goo. And she almost like touches hands with Eric because he's diving through the same goo. And you were right. It is the liquid of evil. Um, but after she gets sucked out of that by Alora Dannon's spell, they leave and they stumble to the, sh- you know, the shattered sea. And then they're going to start crossing it and they end up at the hut. And it's some old kooky knight. Uh, his name is Zeb. He's the ferryman. I thought he was pretty funny, but... I think there was, they didn't spend enough time here because I think there was a lot of really interesting things that we should have had maybe just a few more connections of, but he brought up being from Kashmir Mm -hmm. and how he was out there. He was searching for something he doesn't even remember anymore. Was it a princess? And I think it was a princess and I think we've met the princess and it's the crown. Right. And because like, this was the thing that didn't make sense to me, um, because so I'm kind of jumping around a little bit here to catch up to your point, but 
when they're staying at the old man's place, he wants them to stay because the gales are coming. Right, right. He's like the delay that's called letting the gales catch up to them. Yeah. And why would he do that? You yeah, know? yeah, you got me. He talks about being a knight, searching for this princess. I'm thinking he's wor- in cahoots or was working with the crone. Because we find out that the crone was the girl, <laughs> who we don't still get a name, but uh, was a princess of Kashmir, supposedly. And it sounds like, we're not, you know, there's not enough connection there yet for us to really understand the full breadth of the crone's story. But it seems like at one point she was a princess of Kashmir, which was this community where everyone had everything they wanted, but they just had to follow certain rules. But this cult of the worm started doing these rites and everything else. And then they eventually broke in and kidnapped the princess. And she was the princess. And you sort of figure out, like, no, actually, she's the crone. And it seems like she's, you know, wanted. I I would almost think she was the one that orchestrated everything if she was kidnapped or whatever. She probably took over or escaped Kashmir. But... It's kind of left really uncertain at this point. But I think when we like think about them stopping at the ferryman, the purpose was to just sort of layer in these connections about Kashmir, about the princess, and yeah. Yeah, so what I kind of meant by like they could have like just eliminated this whole scene at the hut there is because it seems to me like the purpose of this episode, the purpose of Beyond the Shattered Sea, was just that, to get beyond the Shattered Sea. And so we spend, like, a good chunk of the episode traveling through, like, this waste of the sea with mm-hmm. those awesome, like, training montages going on throughout it. So those great visuals that I actually really did enjoy. But mm-hmm. it's also, like, so much was trying to be packed in there. Like, Alora actually training. Them trying to cross the Shattered Sea. Eric and the Crone's storyline. Because, of course, she's the crone. It was so obvious. <laughs> and all of that was going on, and that alone would have made for a full episode. But they tried to shove in even more with this unnecessary part about, like, Kit needing to rest after being resuscitated from the goo. All of that going on there. And to me, why I said it felt like it was unnecessary was just it didn't provide a full enough connection to the Eric and Crone storyline for me to be satisfied with them spending time there with this old timer and hearing his stories and like seeing him try and like hold them for the gales. And so I didn't think that it was worth the time spent there for what we got. That's fair. That's fair. I I do think after watching the episode and what you said, maybe what they should have done was they should have taken Eric and the crone sort of storyline and either made that like net part of next episode and sort of had it been just like all one big flashback. Mm. Yeah. Uh, sort of like, so we, we have the whole episode and it's really just focused on Willow and company this time, you know, after maybe that initial Eric scene and maybe they throw in one other thing as like a teaser sort of type scene, like maybe him finally stumbling through and just like her, like picking him up. But it could have been like, the end of the episode is how it was, where they come in, like, Kit and Laura Dan and come into the Memorial City, and, oh, it's Eric, but wait. Ooh, he's such a bad boy now. <laughs> His hair's cut. I was going to say, different. he got a haircut. He's evil now. 
Yeah. And he's got this like weird kind of like like face like smirky i don't know what it is but yeah yeah i mean they could have ended with that and it'd been like oh no like what happened to eric and then like you know the next episode they're because they like to do this sort of like you know how we got here it doesn't take itself to doesn't take itself too serious sort of like humor like it started the next episode they're literally like eric's just like long time no see and they're like what happened to you and then he's like Huh. And then it's just like flashback. And then it's like nothing. I saw the light or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. something stupid. Uh before he goes and kills him. You know he's not gonna kill or him. Or whatever he's gonna whatever he's gonna do. Like it's gonna be interesting to see like what changes have actually happened to him. Cause like we know his great or his grandmother was at one point a very good person turned evil. And I think honest I don't know. I think that was one of my issues with this episode, though, and I know we kind of keep going around, but it's okay. We're kind of hitting that pretty much everything. Um, was that the whole like way the crone turned yes, him was just exactly. like, I'm just going to starve you off from the rest of the world and make you come to me and just be willing to do whatever just so you have a drink. Or I was just like, that's so stupid, though. Like, yeah. So <laughs> I just I want to go to this part really quick because where you brought it up. Yeah. I was going to wait, but I guess we're here. Um, so, first of all, the crone tries to thirst trap Eric, and he's not uh, having it. He's like, no, I'm going to stay loyal to to Dove. And, and he's, she's like, you're you're ready to be turned. Yeah, yeah. And so, also, I want to bring up that Eric did know her name was Brunhilda, because he names drops Brunhilda. He's like, her name's Brunhilda, mm-hmm. just call her Dove. Never mind. It's a whole thing. But yeah, when Eric goes from resisting the crone's advances to crawling on his hands and knees, begging for anything from her, I was like, wait, how did we even get here? Like, this makes no sense. Yeah. And I guess like he, he ran around again for months or weeks, what felt like yeah. that and never found anything. But my thing is, is like, did he not see the giant waterfall that apparently <laughs> everyone's just throwing themselves off of yeah i mean what i was gonna say is i think that again it was a magical barrier that prevented him from leaving the city and everything oh Um, absolutely but i also we totally called that he was drinking the evil goo from the fountain there and have much of an impact well that we saw so far but you heard the the crone when she was like wait you were you drank this and he's like yeah it looks nasty but it's good and so she's like, ooh, victory. Like, just kind of like, like, yeah, let's chow down. Let's get in on this. And so she starts going and drinking it as well. And so she was happy that he was drinking the water. And so, again, I have the feeling that drinking the liquid evil is going to, like, make him more susceptible to evil and kind of get mm-hmm. him kind of primed up and release his inner, his inner bad boy. As we saw, like... He kind of went reverse Super Saiyan, where his hair didn't grow; it kind of shrunk, and now he has the the like little jackass smirk that he was carrying yeah. there. But well, he definitely went from being like a boy, which is how he definitely looked before yeah. with the long hair, to a a man. I'm a man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's get into some of the cool things here. So, like I said, we had the beginning there with Eric. They end up at the hut. I thought there were some really interesting beats here with a lot of the different characters. And there was a lot of 
we got a lot of sort of small backstory and like inner workings of our different characters' minds in this episode. And so that was really cool. I think Borman's was really interesting because um, he was very great in at the beginning of the episode. It's like, why don't you just, you know, put on the Curus? Borman's like, no, no, no. You need to do something epic with it. Like, you got to be fighting or seeing your mom after two months of two years of not talking to her or something like yeah. that. Like, you know, Borman's thing. And you, he's asked repeatedly kind of throughout the episode, like, oh, why don't you try it? Why don't you try it? And he's like, no, it's not the right time. And it's like, he's kind of afraid to try yeah, it. Yes, 100%. And then when he does end up trying it, it doesn't work. Well, that's the thing is he tried it and he starts like pounding his chest and everything. It's like, is this thing working basically? And mm-hmm. it's revealed that it seems to not be working. Yeah. But so that's sort of his storyline. And it was really interesting because he believes he's not worthy of right. it. And it sort of shows that right yes. now. And so I think we'll have some redemption arc with him where he, he become, he makes himself worthy of it or, you know, whatever. Yeah. He has to have that. Of course. Right? Of course. <laughs> I did actually really, I did like Zeb the ferryman. I thought he was funny, even though we only had him for a little bit. And then uh, we have sort of the fight with the gales after the ferryman keeps him. This was really cool. Like you had said, Dylan, we have Graydon kind of come out of nowhere and send up this purple lightning bolt, or not bolt, but you yeah. know, purple shot that hits the flying gale and just blows it up. So cool. I was like, yes, yeah, I saw that. Graydon did magic. I saw it and I was like, wait, whose color magic is that? Because the willow is kind of like green and Alora is kind of like bluish. And then mm-hmm. I was like, wait, who's purple? And then it shows Graydon be like, yeah, with his flute. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, go Graydon. And I thought this was cool. After they like vanquish the gales, you know, and they stop with uh, they had the Mudmander who's sort of driving the thing. And he's so cute. Kenneth. Kenneth. <laughs> uh, Kenneth. So cute. But Alora almost seemed kind of jealous of Graydon, like when they stopped, because, um, you know, Willow comes over and he's like talking to her about the magic or whatnot. And she's like, like, looks at uh, Graydon and then it's like, I want to train. And then this is what starts the training montage. The man- magic training I thought was really cool. Yep. And then Kit's watching it and she's like, oh, yeah. I need to train too. Get over here, Jade. Don't hold back. We're going to fight. And then like, (laughs) she's like, they're just like, Alora, Dannon, and Kit are just like staring at each other like, yeah, I'm training harder than you. No, I'm training harder than you. I'm training the hardest. Like, yes, it's just very weird. Like, it really was. It, it was the I'm Queen Bee of the school. No, I'm Queen Bee of the school type of moment. And it was very teen drama e. And it was, wow. uh, I mean, I guess that's Done what Willow is. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, because then it was leading into the end when they're the two yeah. that decide to go over the waterfall. And they're going to be the ones who are confronting Eric. Yeah, I mean, as much as I did like this training montage, and I thought, like, it genuinely had some really cool visuals, genuinely was uh, the highlight of the episode with the cool, like, magic and sword fights and everything like that. I thought that, all in all, like, it was so freaking cheesy. <laughs> but it, oh, yeah. But it was still enjoyable. It was still good. And we finally get to see Jade and Kit kiss, which has been... Yeah. Long time coming since the beginning of the season, so yeah. that happened. My wife was like, 
she was sitting there watching it with me and she was just like so what's the deal with these two honestly she th- she thought that uh kit and laura were gonna be same the ones who, right like what's their deal they're gonna make out or something make out make out make out and i was like no it's actually her and jade and then when they were in that stance where they were like really close to each other she's like oh yeah she's like just do it just do it and then five minutes later they finally kiss she's like thank goodness right took forever it wasn't actually five minutes obviously but uh yeah it was just kind of like let's go (laughs) we already know it's gonna happen so let it happen in all of this though throughout this training montage you know after it's done the team starts getting into this situation where they're running out of food kenneth is tired and uh Graydon eventually lets Kenneth go because he's like, otherwise he was just going to die. You just see everyone reaching their breaking point. Yeah, because there's just, that's the purpose of the Shattered Sea. Right. It's to shatter. Right, shatters right. your soul. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of cool kind of character beats here with, like I talked about before, Borman, all that self-doubt, like I'm not worthy. Trying, He tries to do the curious and as you said, just seems not to work. Willow and his family. Graydon, even... Uh, yeah, that's a big one. I was going to get to that. Okay. Uh, Gra- I was going to get the small guy. Yeah, small yeah, yeah. First. Uh, Graydon and sort of even Graydon and Laura Dan. Graydon like tells Laura Dan and he just wants to be alone. Like, which is so funny because usually he'd jump at the chance of being with her, but he's so empathetic towards Kenneth and he's like, I'm going to have to let you go and I don't want to like let the others know. Like, just leave me alone, Laura. And that leads to a really beautiful moment between Laura and Kit actually where they're both like hey we've both been acting kind of childish and like this is what's important to me and I've always been kind of like Kit's like I've been jealous of you and uh, Laura was like you know your dad I don't sometimes I didn't even want to be Laura Dan and all this and it, well there was a couple moments like this honestly I'm probably mixing this one up in the one at the waterfall but yeah it's okay I thought it was good because to finally get that out even though halfway through I was just like I'd like to pick up my phone and just look at something else right now because this has lost my attention a little bit it was very it was a very visually stunning scene because of all the stars in the sky though it really made me wonder like i was like wait where is everybody else where is the sled they're all riding because they seem to kind of like be by themselves in this beautiful like starry landscape and i was like wait what's going on don't know but again the whole purpose of this is to build together like kit and laura dan are the team up right against her brother and the crone i guess Anyway, though, we do get a huge scene here with Willow. Yes. Uh, We get some more. He's had a couple nightmares where he's seeing his daughter apparently under attack. And he's thinking it's visions of what's actually happening Mm -hmm. or about to happen. And you finally get out that this is because of like he's very riddled with guilt here because apparently something similar had happened and they lost his son or his wife. So what happened? Wasn't quite sure on all. Yeah. That. So what I got is that he went on another adventure type of thing, and while he was gone, something happened to his wife where she ends up dying, and his son, mm-hmm. as a result of this, runs away. And, like, abandons Willow. So all he has left is his daughter. But, yeah, he's super sensitive to all of that about not being there for his family when they need him. He is being racked with guilt. And it is 100% the crone trying to manipulate him to get him to turn away. Just like I feel like the crone or, like, the evil essence of the Immemorial City 
is impacting everyone else and making them all on edge too. Because you have Borman's self-doubt like overtaking him. He's lost all his swagger. You have Graydon becoming super empathetic and letting go of the Mudmander there. And just like everyone has been starved and pushed beyond their breaking points. And just the evil that the crone emits, I'm, I'm assuming, is just getting to everybody and making them all want to turn around and leave. Yeah, that is a good point you brought up there about that. I'm I'm wondering, too, if it's not just the Memorial City, you know, is trying to keep people out, but also if it keeps the crone in. See, I was wondering if the Immemorial City is actually where she's from, but destroyed. That was actually uh, Kashmir. Yeah, yeah, that's actually Kashmir. Yeah, that's a good question. I kind of hope we get some more information on that. I think you wouldn't be wrong. And honestly, though, I think she's probably like trapped there. Mm. Otherwise, why wouldn't she go out and do all this stuff herself? Right, you she know? needs her minions. So I'm wondering if I'm wondering if that's part of it, too. I don't know. We'll find out. We did get some more information, though, here on the worm because Alora Dannon, when they were fighting the gals, touched the lich or which one of them. And she sort of sees the crone yeah. through and the crones then sort of been like following her, whispering in her ear and such. She asks Willow about what the worm was. And Willow says that the worm is a parasite that feeds on magic and that it's sleeping. And she's like, well, what happens if it wakes? And he sort of has like this dream of like, you know, his daughter being under siege, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's implied very heavily that if the worm wakes, it's going to feast probably on magic, I would assume, which is the lifeblood of the universe. So that would then have destroy the universe ramifications on. Yeah. On everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's some very some. It's not quite explained all the way, but there's enough there it'll be interesting too because i feel like the crone will probably explain at some point we'll get her opinion and get the villain monologue perspective on all of it (laughs) and it'll yeah it'll help us understand like what she did to her city probably that like she was like i was going to free them but they couldn't accept that and so they destroyed themselves or something you know they forced me to kill them yeah basically yeah something like that but it's interesting. There's a lot of nuggets here where I'm just like, I really just want to know more about the world and like what's going on here with this. Uh, I will say this episode, some of the acting was definitely like, eh, left something to be decided. Honestly, that's the whole Little, season. <laughs> I know. I know. It was definitely very noticeable in this episode. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought this was kind of, the I want to go back just for a second to Graydon and Alora Dannon. Sure, yeah. When Graydon's like talking to Kenneth and petting him and talking to Laura Dannon, he starts like scratching his shoulder. Yeah, and that made me think like maybe he almost has like an evil detector type thing from where he was infected. Mm. Because it, uh, you know there wasn't really much of an explanation there, but I was like maybe that's also like why he's like he could sense the crone's essence kind of on. Laura Dannon and it was aggravating him so maybe he was just like leave me alone maybe and well I also do think like he asked Laura to leave him alone because like you said he wanted to be alone and when he let Kenneth go but that could be a yeah. good reason like if he could kind of feel some evil presence near Laura kind of scratching it uh, that is a plausible reason 
The other thing I just thought mm-hmm. of is like he has this giant scar across his chest. And so if you have know anything about a scar, if you have a scar, it itches. So scratching his scar. Well, usually yeah. not one that's sent from when you were eight. That's very true. It's a fresh <laughs> wound that itches. So like yeah. scratching at it. I don't know like. But he was attacked, I mean, by. Yeah. Ballantyne. I'm going to say, I don't know if during the Ballantyne fight and stuff like that, if that wound was the one he was scratching. I forget where he got stabbed or whatever. Yeah. I feel like it might have been. It was probably that or something. Mm. But. Yeah, overall, though, my thoughts on this episode was it was good. I liked the magic element. I liked the different uh, sort of background information we got about some of the different locations. Kashmir, the worm, like all very good. I want more. (laughs) I want to really just I love that they're starting to explain some of the stuff, but I just would like a little bit. Yeah, just all in all, same thing for me. Like I did enjoy this episode. I thought that there was a lot to like with the training montages, the traveling across the shattered sea how it impacted everybody i really liked all of that stuff what i didn't like about this episode though was just that it felt like it was trying to do a lot in such a little amount of time and it felt so full and so rushed almost despite it being the longest episode should have split this episode up yeah maybe it wouldn't have been too entertaining if they did though i don't think i'm just saying how I talk, how I said it before, I think would have been good. I agree with that, yes. Like, a flashback next episode, yeah. But yeah, all in all, again, I just feel like more. That's kind of like my general consensus of what I think about the Willow series in general so far. It's like, I'm yeah. left wanting. And like, that's an okay thing. It makes you want to well, watch. I think that's a good thing because it means we've been, there's enough here that we're interested in, right? And we care enough that we're like, I'd like to I'd like to know a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, I also think though it's a bad thing too in the sense that no one episode so far has felt complete, has felt enough. It's always been like I this is good, but it could have been so much better if it did a little bit here or there. So, again, all in all, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see how this wraps up. I want to see if or I want to see how cuz it's going to happen, not if. How they beat Eric, how they beat the crone, and where things end for season one of Willow. Because I don't know if there's a season two planned or not, but we'll see. I don't know. I haven't looked into yeah. it. We'll look into it after, after we're done. Watching the last yeah. episode. <laughs> All right, but that's going to do it for the two of us. So let us know if you guys have any questions about, like, or any theories about, like, how you think Willow will end if you haven't seen it already. If you have any predictions for a continuation, if there's a season two or not, what you've liked about the series, what you've not liked about the series, just your general thoughts. It'd be interesting to see what other folks are thinking. All right, but that's going to do it for us. So that's going to be Two Nerds signing off. We'll see you next time. See ya. See ya.